Hello, Deacon Allen here again. Uh, welcome back to Unit 9 of uh, our first uh, beginning course on Ecclesiastical Latin, our textbook, uh, John F. Collins, A Primer of Ecclesiastical Latin. Unit 9, now we're moving on to the future tenses. Back to the future. All right, here we are. And here in the future tenses, you're going to see the clear difference between the first and second conjugations on the one hand and the third and fourth conjugations on the other. Remember, you know, it's easy to tell what's in the first conjugation because the second principal part, the uh, present uh, um, infinitive, is always uh, ends in A-R-E right? And it's easy to tell the fourth conjugation because that infinitive always ends in I-R-E. But the second and the third conjugations end in E-R-E in, uh, in their infinitive. And the only difference is one of them short and the other is long. And that becomes very important uh, when we get to the future tense in particular. Okay, because where last week we'd worked on the imperfect and it was all pretty straightforward. Once you got the, you know, found the right stem, you just added ba and then the endings, right? Future is different. The future is indeterminate. No, the future, the future is different here. And, and so in some ways, the first and second conjugations will be a lot like what we just did last week with the imperfect tense, but the third and fourth conjugations are different. That's why I have stressed over and over again, make sure that when you learn your vocabulary, you learn it with the macrons, even though you're not going to see them written in, an, in a liturgical text, and a liturgical text is going to help you along with, the, with accent marks for pronouncing things, uh, so you know which uh, syllable to put the right emphasis on. But, uh, you know, if you got to learn them up front, it's so much easier than backfilling it later. And it makes a big difference between whether something is in the third uh, conjugation or the second conjugation in its form and not only in its meaning. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, for the first and second conjugations, just like what we'd done with the imperfect tense, the future tense is formed by taking the present stem, so you take the infinitive and whack the re off, and then you add b, so bi, rather than ba, ba, you add b to it. And uh, and then and so our first conjugation uh, verb that we're using as our paradigm is laudo laudare laudavi laudatus to praise. The present stem is lauda. And you add B to it, so you get laudabi. Okay? And, uh, of course, as with, uh, you know, um, in the first person singular and the third person plural, the I and the, uh, you know, is, is a kind of assumed into the O and the U. Uh, you know, kind of dropped in favor of that. We've, had, we've seen something similar in other in other uh, uh, verb forms as well. So what do we get? We get laudabo, I will praise, 
or I, yeah, and then uh, laudabis, you will praise, you singular, laudabit, he, she, or it will praise, laudabimus, we will praise, laudabitis, you, plural, will praise, laudabunt, they will praise. You know, sometimes it's kind of silly, but to remember uh, this particular bit of how, you know, how to construct the uh, um, the future uh, uh, tense, I've always just kept in mind, bo, bee, 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 boo. <laughs> four bees, you know, a bow and then four bees and then a boo <laughs> to get you the, the, uh, uh, the, those forms for the, for, for the uh, uh, future. All right. Second conjugation works the same way. We take uh, the present stem, which is that second principal part, the infinitive, whack the RE off and add B. Okay, so our, our paradigm verb is moneo, monere, monui, monitus, to warn or to advise. So the present stem would be mone, and we add B to it. And then the same thing with the O and the U uh, happens. So it looks exactly like the first conjugation in this regard. So you get Monebo, I will warn or advise. Monebis, you will warn or advise. You, singular. Monebit, he, she, or it, will warn or advise. And then the plurals are monebi, monebimus, monebitis, and monebunt. All right. So that's nice and easy, especially to think, wow, okay, future works a lot like the past. Um, and, uh, and easy. But then... It wouldn't be Latin if there weren't a complexity thrown at us. So now we get uh, um, to the, uh, um, well, first of all, before we go on to the, uh, the uh, uh, third and fourth conjugations, let's do, uh, as our book does, I was thinking we'd move on and just do all four, but we'll do, we'll go back. Um, and do and do the passive. So we've done the active. Now the passive works exactly the same way. And this here is just like what we did last week with the passive, uh, you know, uh, the uh, imperfect indicative passive. So again, we get our future base, which is the um, second principal part minus the RE plus B, you know, BI. So our first conjugation verb, laudo, laudare, laudabis, laudatus, to praise, our future base becomes laudabi, right? Just as it was uh, in, the, in the active. In the passive, we just add the passive endings. So, and again, the same thing with the way some vowels drop out. Uh, so we get laudabur, laudaberis, or laudabere, um, and laudabitur, so that's, I will be praised, you, singular, will be praised, or he, she, or it will be praised. Uh, laudabimur, laudabimi, laudabimini, and laudabuntur uh, are the plurals. Okay. Um, so, uh, in, you know, we, we saw this with, uh, with the verb sum, so with ero, erunt, it's the same kind of thing is happening here. Okay, and the second conjugation works exactly the same way, just as you know, uh, as the first conjugation, um, uh, as we saw with the active. So with the passive, you get the future base. So our verb is moneo monere, uh, moneo monere, monui monitus, and so we get monebit, 
And so we end up with monebor, I will be warned or advised, moneberis or monebere, uh, you, singular, will be warned or advised, um, monebitur, he, she, it, will be warned or advised, and the plurals are monebimur, monebimini, monebuntur. All right. So uh, that, uh, that was nice and easy, but again, it wouldn't be Latin if there wasn't a complexity thrown at us. And so when we move on to the future indicative, active, and passive with the third and fourth conjugations, now something different happens. Okay, in the future indicative base in the third and fourth conjugations, uh, ends in a long E. So remember the infinitive has that short E. So you still whack the RE off of the, uh, uh, of the second principal part, but then you lengthen the E. Okay. And, uh, and so for the, for O type, uh, third conjugation, um, verbs, so our, our sample is duco, ducere, duxi, ductus, to lead, the present stem would be duce with a short e, so the future base is going to be duce with a long b. It's not going to be ducebi, which is what we might have expected, um, because the third and fourth conjugations are different from the first and second. So what do we get? Then we add the, the, uh, the uh, endings. Again, the endings are going to be a little different from what we're used to, remember? Uh, we, we, uh, we've had the O endings and R, for the passive R endings, uh, in, or, or first person singular, M sometimes comes up. Well, that's what we're going to get here. So otherwise they look sort of, you know, the, the, the S and the T for second and third person singulars and the moose and the tis and the nt uh, for the uh, plurals uh, will be there. But so what we get is, uh, in the future, we get do come, I will lead, duches, you, singular, will lead, ducet, he, she, or it will lead, ducemus, we will lead, ducetis, you, plural, will lead, and ducent, they will lead. Again, the vowel, the E shortens and all, all that, okay? So... It's different. There's no bo bee 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 boo going on here. It's uh, uh, if you didn't know what you were looking at, you might. If you thought that the future tense would always have that bi in it, you would miss it with these. Okay. I O type third conjugation verbs. Again, the future base is going to be uh, like uh, as with the with the O type. Um, you know, it's an IE, so you drop the RE from the second principal part and you add IE to it, but you lengthen the E, okay? So, uh, and then again, just as with uh, the uh, O types, uh, the first person singular is going to be a little different, Right, and then the e shortens on the in the third person plural. So you get copium. I will take copies. You singular will take copiet. He sure it will take copiemus. We will take copietis. You will take copient. They will take. Okay. Um, fourth conjugation follows the same pattern as the third conjugation. So again, keep in mind first and second, 
form kind of a similar pattern, third and fourth similar pattern. So our sample verb, uh, audio, audire, audivi, auditus, to hear, uh, the present stem is audi, right? And we added a to it, shortened the i and added a. So the future base becomes audie. So this looks like an IO type of third conjugation verb in that regard. So we get audiam, audies, audiet, audiemus, audietis, audient. So actually, fourth conjugation in the future looks, looks exactly like third conjugation IO type in the future. Okay? When we look at the passive, we take that same future base and we, um, we add the endings of the passive, right? So we get ducar, duceris, or ducere, ducetur, ducemur, ducemini, ducentur. Sorry, I said ducere because I was thinking of the of the uh, infinitive. It's ducere because that's a long e. Okay. Um, capiar, capieris, capiere, capietur, capiemur, capiemini, capientur. So these are, you know, I will be led, you know, ducar. Capientur, they will be taken because it's passive. When we uh, look at um, the, uh, uh, and for the, for, uh, the, the fourth conjugation, they're going to look exactly like the third conjugation again in the passive as well as the active. So, audiar, I will be heard. Audieris, audiere, you singular will be heard, audietur, ishirit will be heard, audiemur, audiemini, audientur. All right? So, yeah, that can throw you if you're expecting to see that bi in there, but it's not for, for the third and fourth conjugations. They're different. All right. Here's a little grammatical point before, a couple of them before we shift on to our new vocabulary. Um, the infinitive as subject. Just as in English, we can use the infinitive as a noun. Um, to, and I've used the example, to err is human. You know, uh, so in Latin, you can use the infinitive as a noun in that regard, as the subject of a sentence. Uh, so we have an example here, bonum est invocare deum. To call upon God, invocare deum, bonum est, is good. Okay? Um, so uh, you can, you can uh, use it, you know, to call upon God is good would be a literal reading, or you could use the expletive, it is good to call upon God. Okay? So, yeah, an infinitive can be used like a noun. And we do that in English, too. You know, to be or not to be is the question. <laughs> the question is to be, right? You know, um, okay. Then another grammatical point, the ablative of respect. This is a specification. 
um, the sense of respect in the sense of in respect to, okay? Um, and we do this in English too. Um, uh, so here we go uh, in, um, in the, our Latin sentence here, servus domini est animo beatus. The servant of the Lord, servus domini est, is beatus, happy, blessed, animo, with respect to the spirit. Maybe if you think of, you know, in spirit or with respect to, and with, you know, is one of the things we'd use the ablative for. Uh, so anyway, that 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 may um, that's not all that complicated. So um, that ablative of respect. All right, our vocabulary. A few words to go through here, and we'll look at you know some of their of their notes uh, to go with it. Um, Adjuvo. He uses a J. You'll usually see this written with a with an I in most modern Latin uh, texts, ecclesiastical and otherwise. Uh, the, the, but it's, again, that I as a consonant, so it's got that Y sound to it. So adjuvo, adjuvare, adjuvi, adjutus, adjutus, sorry. Um, notice this is a first conjugation verb. Um, it is Obviously, with odd in front of you, think, oh, wait, wait, this is one of those uh, um, uh, compound ones where you tack on a, a preposition to a verb. Well, yeah, there probably is a primitive verb, uvo, but it's not used. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, uh, um, anyway, so I do. What's some words that we have that are uh, related to this? Um, adjutant like the adjutant general, or in my job in the tribunal uh, for the archdiocese, we had, uh, you know, an adjutant judicial vicar, um, you know, somebody who helps out, um, right? Um, the divine office in every, uh, um, for every hour except the very first one of the day begins, Deus in adjutorium meum intende, adjutorium, for my help. You know, come, Lord, come to my assistance would be a way we might translate that. Okay. Um, formo, formare, formavi, formatus. Uh, this is also a first conjugation to train, guide, fashion, form. Uh, pretty straightforward, right? Um, intro, intrare, intravi, intratus. To enter. Enter is just the same verb, only. Uh, laundered through French, where the I becomes an E. Uh, so, um, and uh, uh, satio, satiare, satiavi, satiatus, to nourish or to satisfy. Um, again, our word satisfy comes from, you know, to make uh, enough, right? This is related to the word satis that we'd learned earlier, to be enough. So this nourishes, satisfies. Another first, he's giving us a lot of first conjugation uh, verbs here. Separo, separare, separavi, separatus, to separate, obviously. Notice that this is actually um, a compound word because se is a, a reflexive pronoun 
that I don't think we've learned yet, we'll learn it later. It means itself or himself or herself. And, uh, and that paro means to divide. So you're dividing, it's dividing itself from other things. Okay. Um, and uh, habeo, we've learned that verb before, but here we can add perhibio. Again, notice how the, the internal vowel can sometimes change. Perhibeo, perhibere, perhibui, perhibitus, to hold out, to produce, to afford. Okay. Uh, so it's not prohibit, it's perhibit. <laughs> we don't really have that in English. I don't think we have anything quite uh, quite like that in in uh, in English. Um, here's a, a, a verb I think we've seen before in some of our our samples, but video videre vidi visus to see, but also to realize in kind of a metaphoric sense, uh, like oh I see you know, okay, and then. Here's a nice fourth conjugation verb, shio, shire, shibi, shitus. Lots of schoolboy jokes about this word, because as it as you can imagine, the um, <laughs> uh, third person singular in ecclesiastical Latin would be pronounced sheet. Uh, and the joke, I'll tell the joke, fine. Uh, <laughs> Jesuit school, you know, good Catholic school for boys. And over the cafeteria, there's the school slogan. It means in English, he knows the faith. Fidem sheet. <laughs> okay, all right. Bad joke, bad joke, bad deacon for bringing it up. But anyway, shio shire shivi shitus. Okay. Um, a, uh, um, then we get causa cause, good first declension noun, purpose or reason. We use the same word cause. Uh, it can also be used uh, in a legal sense, like a lawsuit might be called a cause, where in English we get from causa, coming again through French, we get case. But it's the same word, causa, purpose or reason. And if you put it in the, uh, um, if you uh, take the form uh, uh, causa, which is ab ob obviously is going to be um, kind of a, it's an ablative, really. Um, but causa as an Im is an improper preposition with the genitive. This is one of those cases where a, a preposition might take the genitive, whereas they're usually taking either the ablative or the accusative. So it's for the sake of, right? But then that of kind of t t uh, tells us that we, um, uh, that we uh, have a genitive too, because the genitive kind of has of included in it. And then another, uh, here's a, a uh, masculine uh, second declension noun, cereus, cerei. This means candle. And it's related to the word for wax. Um, 
because, well, candles are made out of wax, right? Um, the, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, the, I don't know if I've, I've told you uh, when we, uh, the, the word for, uh, for wax, I think we're actually going to learn that one later. Um, the, uh, our word in English, sincere, it's a kind of an interesting bit of, of etymology for you. Um, sincere is actually a compound word, sine cere, without wax. <laughs> Why would we do that? Well, if you were a Roman looking for a good, uh, you know, a statuette to have in your house or whatever, and it was made from a block of marble or other stone, and the stone was not really high grade, and so as it was being carved, maybe uh, some imperfections were, you know, came out, and so there's kind of lines and cracks in it or something like that. They might cover it over with a thin veneer of wax to fill all that in. And then wax is great because you can color it and make it match exactly like the the stone underneath it. But if you had a really high quality piece of statuary, it would be sine cere. It'd be without wax. It'd be the real thing. All right. So um, cere is cere, a candle, because candles are made of wax. Socius, uh, socii, is uh, a companion or an ally. Obviously, we get uh, words like society, um, or, you know, associate, sociology from that. All right. Um, mandatum, mandati, is an order, a commandment. We get our word mandate. Um, testimonium testimony is a witness or testimony. Um, and again, that's the same word in English. Vestigium vestigii is a footstep or a footprint too. Um, we get our word vestige from this. So the vestiges of something is what's left over when that thing has, has gone away. Uh, just as the footprints, you know, left in the mud or the sand uh, uh, show that somebody walked that way. All right. Tectum tecti, uh, roof of a house. Okay. It can also be used in a generic sense. I mean, in kind of a metaphoric sense of house, such as under my roof, <laughs> you know, my rules apply. Um, so uh, we use this in the mass. Domine non subdinius ud intre subtectum meum. Uh, Lord, I am not worthy to have you under my roof, says the centurion in Matthew's gospel, and uh, and we, we say that in the Mass. Okay, tectum. Um, that actually, you know, we detect is to pull it out of from under the roof so you can find it. I wonder if also like plate tectonics, because a roof would have been composed of tiles. I think that might also have a sense of tile as well, but we'll, we'll, we'll bracket that for now because we're going to be using it in the sense of roof of a, or metaphorically of a house. 
apostolicus or au mit apostolic. So apostolica ecclesia, the apostolic church. Okay. Um, altus, alta altum, is high, right? And we talk about altitude and so forth. But it also means deep. Imagine you think, wow, that's really strange, because in English we would think high and deep are opposites. But not if you're, imagine you're on a mountain and you're looking out over the Grand Canyon or some other, you know, deep valley, right? And you're looking down, it's just the depths of it are, it's like the, 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 uh, the, and it's analogous to, to looking up into the sky. So in Latin, anyway, keep that in mind, because that may trip us up if we're not careful. If we think of alt, alta, altus, you know, of altitude, uh, that can also mean depth in Latin. There's a phrase from the gospel in that in Latin is duc in altum, that, that, uh, that um, uh, um, and you know all those words now. Well, you don't, you haven't learned the imperative, um, but you know the verb, uh, uh, duco ducere. Um, duc in altum, uh, St. John Paul II used to like quoting that a lot. It means head out into the deep, you know, draw out into the deep, you know, with the, take your fishing boat out and, and you know, send out your nets for the for the catch. Um, Catholicus, Catholica, Catholicum, universal or Catholic. That is actually a Greek word, which you can tell that pretty much by the th, because Latin doesn't have a th. Um, uh, that has come into ecclesiastical Latin, of course, with a sense of Catholic, a universal. Vester, vestra, vestrum. This is your, you or you, yours or your plural, okay, a, a pronoun. Uh, well, I guess it's an it's an adjectival pronoun. Autem is a postpositive coordinating conjunction. It means but or and. Um, postpositive meaning it's never the first word of its clause. Okay. Certe um, means uh, surely or certainly, or can also mean at least. Um, and uh, uh, obviously our English word certain is related to it. Um, uh, diligenter is diligently. Incidentally, you'll notice a lot of adverbs end in er. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. Um, inter is a preposition that takes the accusative because it has the sense of motion uh, and position. So between, amongst. Uh, well, and obviously in English we use the same thing, like, you know, international, you know, between nations, right? Um, sepe is an adverb meaning often. I don't know that we have any English words that are like sepe, but um, statim is an adverb meaning immediately or at once. We probably know it in English as an abbreviation. So, uh, you know, Dr. Johnson, come to the operating room, stat. <laughs> you know, meaning statim, immediately. Um, sub 
is a preposition that with respect to a place, it means under. And because it's again about location, we'd have place, we'd have plus the accusative, it would mean under. But with the ablative, it it uh, in or at a place under. So if something is, uh, um, it means under, but but has a, those different meanings uh, depending on whether the noun is then in the accusative or the ablative. All right, and then finally vere, uh, truly. Again, it's an adverb, and it's obviously related to vera that we. Verus vera verum that we'd already learned. Okay. Um, I think we've gone through uh, all of our, our vocabulary notes. We've gone through our derivatives. So we're looking at, uh, for your homework, uh, to do the uh, drills for Unit 9. Uh, and again, don't if you, I, I encourage you to do a lot more than simply what we're, we've got here. Um, uh, so that you can end with other verbs than these, perhaps, to get used to putting the pieces together, the conjugation of these words. Um, and then with exercises, those are again on, uh, both of these are pages 80 and 81.